Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Real World Podcast, a podcast about helping inform and just discuss just various topics and to help bridge the gaps between boomers, millennials, and every other generation. So I'm here with my mother. Hi, I'm Bobby. And I'm Brian the Baptist. <laughs> well, that's good that you're Brian the Baptist, because what are we going to talk about today? Baptism. Baptism. Yeah. Awesome. I'm the long-lost grandson of John the Baptist. <laughs> I do want to, to um, you know, check out our Ancestry.com. Let's see how far back we can go and see who we're related to. It'd be pretty freaky if we actually were somehow related to John the Baptist. Right. I don't think they would have his DNA. don't think they would. But uh, that would be pretty cool. It would be cool. <laughs> Would be cool. So today we are talking about baptism. Uh, shout out to Sandals Church. Yes. Who on For us, it was this last Sunday, mm-hmm. but on April 24th, we just had our baptism Sunday. We have baptisms, I think, three times a year. Mm-hmm. We have them the week after Easter, a couple weeks after summer camp, and we have it again around Halloween. Mm-hmm. So four times a year. Three times. Three times. I'm sorry. Yeah. You just said that, right? Yeah. <laughs> So good. Just, I just, I just know you're not paying attention to me now. Yeah, I'm normally talking to myself on this stuff. Well, you were just throwing out dates, and I just couldn't add it. It's okay. Together. It's okay. No, I understand. Uh, well, how are you today? Before we go into our topic, how are you today, Mom? I'm doing really well, but you know, we just had dinner, and it was super it was yummy. Shout out to my mother's meatloaf. <laughs> it, I, there's, I feel like there's a stereotype in a lot of media that meatloaf is somehow disgusting. I just grew up and I just love meatloaf because mm. it's just it's just a hunk of meat with seasonings and sauces. Wow, and that sounds really gross to me. Uh, it sounds delicious to me. <laughs> uh, but then you started adding uh, chipotle peppers. Yeah, I mean, added. it's really kind of evolved over the years. I use ground turkey. I use, I, I literally, um, I uh, ground up some carrots and zucchini. And it's fantastic. And Parmesan cheese and peppers and onions and garlic and... Yeah, chipotle peppers, and eggs, then and I use oatmeal instead of breadcrumbs. Uh, yeah, and then it's just it's a hunk of meat with all that. And it's then a little bit great. of barbecue sauce on top. Yeah. 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 Now I'm hungry for even more. <laughs> I should drink water whenever you start talking. Just okay, so I I'm going to uh, have a care package so... for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'll have to show off to all my coworkers. <laughs> Actually, this is, I, I don't think you'll ever listen, uh, but shout out to my coworker, Randy, who every time he sees me, he saw me bring the meatloaf mm-hmm. and uh, cauliflower, he would just get so jelly. <laughs> he would just be like, oh, so what did we buy? What did we bring today? He was like, oh, we had some leftovers from my mom. He's like, oh. And he's like, that smells really good. And I was like, yeah, it is really good. So you <laughs> said the <clears throat> cauliflower. So what I do is I don't do uh, macaroni and cheese. Oh, yeah. But I make it similarly, but I use cauliflower instead of the pasta. And then I also modify the sauce. So I use like almond flour instead of regular flour. And uh, so. Either way, it is delicious. Thank you. And you should all be jealous. (laughs) Uh, Don't want you guys to sin, though. So we'll talk about baptism instead. Yes. Let's do that. (laughs) So uh, one of the first things that we think of when baptism, we're like, what is baptism? And we're already at where people argue. Mm. <laughs> it's a shame, but we argue about everything, don't we? Mm. Yeah, because you have to think about what does baptism, and then people argue about what it means, what it's supposed to mean, how to do it, and that just makes it all difficult. A lot of people get caught up in it being a sacrament and how we should be baptized. Ultimately, though, baptism is a metaphor. That's what we see because for th- there are some people who view it as a sacrament. It's, it's critical to salvation almost. Mm-hmm. But 
I want everyone to then be challenged. Jesus was baptized. Did Jesus need to be baptized in order for him to be saved? No. What about the other guy hanging on the tree beside him? <laughs> yeah. Right? He was going to be with him that day in paradise. Nice. And so, I mean, like, clearly he yeah. wasn't baptized. And but at the same time, when you talk to people who are like very hardcore about this, they'll say, "Oh, I mean, he might have been baptized by John yeah. the Baptist or something." Or Pharisees. We don't know. Pharisees. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, they're legalistic. I mean, you know, it's like we have to be really, really careful. I mean, I've I've learned so much over the past three years doing this podcast with my sons, and and while we don't agree on a lot of things, one of the things that I do really appreciate is how much I've learned. Um, from all this, I mean, I really entrust their their education, their theology degrees, and um, just, you know, for clarity and understanding the Bible and what, you know, what is intended. And, you know, it's okay if we have differences of opinion. As long as our core beliefs are the same, I think we need to just kind of like let each other share or have whatever opinion they want. I mean, like we can discuss them, but let's Let's not argue over them. Yeah. And so uh, ultimately when we look at scripture, what we can see is that baptism is something that happens around the same time as salvation. And what matters most about it is that it's a choice and that it's also a metaphor. And so the main question we should be asking is like, are we making that choice? How is this choice being made? Do we mean this choice? And sort of going along those lines. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, To give an idea for those of you who are unfamiliar with the idea of baptism, baptism, if you see it, is like you is various media. You can see a priest sprinkling water on a baby. It could be someone kind of like pouring a little bit of water on someone's head. For some people, it is they get dunked in water and then they're brought back up by the by the pastor. There are various ways it's represented and various ways it's been done and seen. Uh, And so we get to what does baptism mean? Uh, I'm going to quote Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist, as he says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but one is coming after me who is greater than me. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So what does baptism mean? Well, John the Baptist, so the man who literally, who has Baptist in the name, (laughs) uh, or if you go by Greek, is John the Baptizer, um, or John the Baptizing. Ten great, 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 great. Yeah, he's my my super great grandfather. Although he uh, didn't have any children, right? I don't so know. So you're ado- his adopted. Uh, yeah, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> I share no DNA with him. Uh, <clears throat> so, what does John the Baptist say it means? It signifies repentance. Why did he call people to be baptized? Because they repented. They repented of their sin. And then for some. You may have heard, uh, especially for most of our listeners, they're probably going to be more from an evangelical or Baptist background because they're probably more familiar with us, and that's sort of mm-hmm. the general Christian background we're from. Uh, you may hear a pastor say, buried in the darkness of his death and raised in the likeness of his resurrection mm-hmm. or raised in the likeness of his life. Mm-hmm. That may sound familiar if you've read a certain passages of Scripture because it's actually a very close quote. Romans 6, 3 through 5, uh, 6, 3 through 4, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We are buried with him in his death, and as Christ raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we may walk in the newness of his life. And then a very similar phrase of this occurs in Colossians 2, 12. And then, oh, sorry. Well, I just wanted to add to that, but if you go on to verse 5 on Romans 6, he says, for if we've been united 
with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Yes. And so how awesome is that? Yes. Uh, be essentially, going more into what baptism means, it's, it's, a, it's a metaphor. And then again further, let me go to the next verse. I mean, Romans is just so good to begin Romans with. Romans is just tons it's of just theology. Like, it's just so much there. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Yeah, that's good. And so I think when we hear things like that, it's a lot of very heavy language because mm -hmm. it is so close to talking about when we talk about baptism, we're also talking about salvation. Right. It, it really, they really go hand in hand. And so that brings up a question of does baptism save us? And I sort of addressed it earlier with Jesus, but so we're commanded to be repent and be baptized but then we're left with, well, how does baptism work into that salvation? Mm -hmm. We're talking about what does it mean. We see what, a meta, what it's a metaphor for, but how does baptism actually affect salvation? And does it at all? Are you asking me the this, question? So this is, this is an open <laughs> question that you can answer if you want. I could just respond and answer if you want me to. Um, well, I don't think you have to be baptized. I think you want to be baptized. I mean, it's a public declaration. <clears throat> You're basically yeah. sharing with, with, the, with the world that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. So just like when you get married in a public ceremony and that you're proclaiming your love for each other, that's effectively like your marriage with the Lord. Like yeah. that, that's, that's how I see it. You, you skipped a couple of my uh, pages of notes, but oh, uh, so nah. sorry. But, no, I'm just <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but no, that's, I mean, that's right on. Uh, essentially water can't, save us i mean right. yes water does jesus calls himself the water of life if we need we, but ow, again a metaphor me. sorry it's okay uh water helps us stay alive we need water to survive right and jesus is the water of life he gives true life true mm -hmm. water but just like right. that jesus is the true water like jesus baptizing us by the holy spirit jesus is life death resurrection absolutely that is what saves us and there is no amount of times that we've been baptized, just because you've been baptized doesn't mean you go to heaven. Right. Because you could be wrong where you stand with God. You cannot understand what baptism even means. Right. Right. And so now we have a basic idea of baptism. You, you told me beforehand you had some uh, other thoughts. I wasn't sure if you wanted to save them to the end. Well, go ahead and you continue, and I'll make sure that we cover everything that I wanted to cover Okay. once you've gone through what you want to cover. So then one of the questions for me, well, one of my next notes was, well, why is baptism important? Well, because it's like a marriage ceremony, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm joking. Uh, yeah, it's very public. Just as a married couple... How would you feel if your partner said, no, we don't need to do a ceremony. We can just sign the document. That's fine. Some people might be okay with it. Well, but, but that's but, not really even legal. You I have mean, to do the ceremony. Like say, in most states, I mean, I know in the state of California, the state of Pennsylvania, you have to have the ceremony. Like that's actually a legal requirement. Okay. Uh, well, I didn't but know But I'm that. saying back in the day, they didn't but, have, you know, yeah. civil courts. and I mean, they did, but... Not with the same pop and circumstance that we do now. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, how would you feel if your partner was like, we could just say we're, or maybe right. just go with exactly. boyfriend, girlfriend. We could just say we're married. We're married in God's eyes. Well, right. are you? Right. Yeah. Have you stood in front of a bunch of people and professed your love for each other? Have you, it's not just saying yes to each other. Have you told everyone else in the world? No. Mm -hmm. uh, right. And that's sort of the big part of a marriage ceremony and a mm -hmm. marriage, uh, celebrating a marriage in the same way with baptism. It's not just saying yes to Jesus. 
It's also then saying, I'm going to say no to every other God, every other thing that I may end up worshiping one day. Mm -hmm. Whether that in modern days going towards another similar faith that's monotheistic like Islam, or if you want to become a Buddhist, or maybe the thing that you worship is your television, your smartphone, video games, a book, Mm -hmm. your partner. Uh, And so then we come to the question of should we be baptized? Well, I mean, Jesus did it. Right. So it's, and it's not about salvation, but Jesus still did it. We should follow his example. Right. Second, Jesus commanded it in the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So part of being saved, mm-hmm. regardless of where, what anyone thinks, part of that process is baptism. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be like the marriage ceremony. Yes, when you think of what defines someone's married, um, someone's marriage of a married couple, you don't think of the wedding ceremony, mm-hmm. but they all have a wedding ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, well, I think of the wedding ceremony when it's like my babies that get married. And oh, sure, but and my baby Scott just got married. You know, a espe- I mean, yeah, especially for the one who ago. just got married. So right. when I think of Scott and Carla, I do think of their ma- their wedding ceremony. Right, right, because it's so it's 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 close, <laughs> close at heart. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I that I just wanted to address was if you can visualize this, I think it's helpful. Again, for those that know all about baptism, this is nothing new. But I like to. It's it's highly symbolic. So it's like when you're being immersed as you're going down. To me, that's the part where you're dying. That's you know when yes. we're dying with Christ, and then when we're being lifted up. That's when we're alive in Christ. And, and I think that symbolism is really helpful to remember. And then, and then by, by remembering that, you can see the importance of it and why we need to, to, to celebrate that, like why you would want to. Let's put it this way. We're not saying you can't go to heaven if you're not. Like if you maybe were, you were on your deathbed and you accepted Christ and you were saved, but you didn't have an opportunity to be baptized, you're still going to heaven. Yeah. Just like the guy, you know, next to him as he was hanging on the cross. And uh, so we know that. So that, yeah, that's a fact. Yes, that's very good. It's meant to symbolize your public declaration. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And part of that is also then to remember of, no, I've been baptized. I can hold true to this. Mm -hmm. And the people who saw me be baptized can also then help me hold true to this. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. What if we aren't sure if we should be baptized? Then you shouldn't be baptized. If you don't know that you should be baptized, then you shouldn't. Because that's telling me that you're not ready for that, like you haven't committed to Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, I agree fully. It's interesting because I've, I've encountered... I really... Uh, I mean, I expected you to have that outlook... Part of me was hoping you wouldn't say that just so I could have someone <laughs> who could disagree with. Uh, that's okay. I have some interesting things to talk about, so. That's okay. Even if we're in agreement on, on this beginning stuff. Uh, so <laughs> something I've encountered a lot recently are a lot of people who want to push people to be baptized, especially if they're very certain. I love that because I actually, I had I had some information on that too. You know, it's kind of like why not be baptized, 
Yeah. Right. And that was one of them. It's like, you know, you, you don't want to be sure. Yeah. You don't want to be pushed into it. It's like even your pastor, like your pastor, maybe you're serving at church and he's just, or, you know, she's just presuming, um, that you're, yeah. that you've been, or you, well, that you're a believer. They know that you're a believer. If you're serving, whatever you've had conversations and everything like that. And then they find out you hadn't been baptized and they might push you because they're like, well, no, you're a believer. You can, you yeah. can do that. Well, and what do you do when you're an elder of a church, mm-hmm. you're on the board, mm-hmm. your son works for the church and he's mm-hmm. a pastor for the church and your wife is heavily involved in ministries. Mm-hmm. You get baptized. And all three of you have not been <laughs> baptized and you've been doing this for years. Well, I had been baptized. You have been baptized? I was baptized as at 18. Okay. Yeah. And then the only but person in at your, the Catholic church. Yeah. The only person so. in your immediate family who's been yes. baptized, at least to the knowledge of the church is your youngest son. And, and Jake at that point. At that point, Jake, too, Jake yes. yes. But I was the first. Yes. Yeah, You uh, were the first. I know, which is really cool. I was thinking about that as we were talking about baptism. The youngest of the family was the first to be baptized. And so there's that wrestle of, well, I mean, I'm already an elder, or I already work for the church. Right. Everyone already calls me Pastor Scott. Right. Well, Or I've already been baptized by the Catholic Church, and, actually, and I'm already heavily involved. Go ahead. No, I'll say heavily. I'm, I was referring to you. Yeah, so, so I was going to say, so um, Pastor Paul, when we spoke with him, like he felt like the, like in my case it wasn't necessary because I had already been baptized as an adult. I made that decision as an adult. And so my story was like I was dedicated as a child, but I converted to Catholicism. We got married in the in the Catholic Church, frankly, because I felt that um dad or Dave's uh your dad, Dave's family was more faithful. And so I'm like, I wanted what they had. Right. And so, and when I actually, when I went forward, I was 14 years old and then I never really kind of followed through with all of it. I mean, I was always a believer, but I never followed through with the baptism. And then I met Dave and then we ultimately started going to the Catholic church. I got married in the Catholic church. And so I was actually, I went through all the sacraments as an adult, and and baptism being one of them. And Do you so, have a Christian name, actually? Then I forget what it is, honestly, because oh, we we really only stayed with the Catholic Church a couple years, actually. Until I mean, I shouldn't say that it would have been longer than that because both Jake and Scott were baptized in the Catholic Church. Oh, so I was the last to be baptized. <laughs> I, I was guess technically you're right. So the last you is were the first last and the first. first and the first. That is so awesome. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, that's funny. That is actually really funny. You're right. You were the last to be baptized. I don't know why I did that funny laugh. In, I only do that, that laugh sense. when I cause trouble. But we're going to talk about like water immersion versus infant baptism in the Catholic Church. I want to talk about that in, yeah. a, in a little while. But uh, but I didn't want to get lost on the whole um, aspect of making sure you're doing it because. For the right yes, for the right. I, I recently had a, I was actually asked by a, uh, some parent by uh, by parents to talk to their son who had a good relationship with about being baptized, and ultimately this is where he was at. He's he wasn't sure, and to me, like I talked with him a lot, and I have almost no doubt that this kid is to as far as he could ever be aware, as far as anyone could be aware that he is a Christian. Mm-hmm. He is just very much in his head, and mm-hmm. like he's like, well, like he's aware that like a lot of times. You could be thinking you're a Christian, and then you go off to college, and then you have sex for the first time, and you encounter all these experiences, then you realize you never really believed that stuff to begin with. And so he's like, do I really, really believe this? And he's really just taking his time to process it. And I encouraged him. I said, 
like do that like take your time to process take your time like don't feel like you should be forced into baptism. That's not what Jesus wants. But just because you had sex doesn't mean you weren't a Christian. Like, no, I know, I know. Come to temptation. I know, mom. But yes. I'm saying that that's what the thought process of a lot of people are. For uh, a lot of yeah. a lot for a lot of young people. I guess people. for young people, where they think they, they're so con- they're so convinced because this is all they knew, mm-hmm. and then the second they're exposed to something else, they just yeah. go with that. Yeah. This kid, he's so mindful and aware of that. I'm like, you clearly. Even if you do succumb, it is you giving into temptation. This isn't something brand new or something. Mm-hmm. But I talked with him, had a good conversation. But yeah, I didn't do what his parents wanted me to do. I didn't tell the, I didn't tell him you should be baptized. I said you should think about this seriously because this is like a wedding mm-hmm. ceremony. Mm-hmm. Well, and I thought this this other um, comment of why not to get baptized was really interesting because I had to do a double take on it. It's like, don't get baptized for a right relationship with God. And what they meant by that is, like, am I doing this just because it's going to earn me something? Oh, yeah. Don't, don't do you it know, just so God. I can try and earn some uh, points. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's not why God. That is not God, why we do it. <laughs> if anything, God will be a little bit more sad. Right. Right. Or to gain the approval of others or anything like yeah. that. I mean, we do it because we have chosen to follow the Lord, we've cho- chosen to follow Jesus yeah. Christ, and we're publicly announcing it. So then that brings up another question. What if I was baptized, because we've even talked about that, baptized as a kid, but I didn't know God personally and have a relationship with him until I was or, uh, until I was an adult? Are you asking whether or not I think you should be baptized yeah, again? Yeah, should we be I baptized? Think so. You think so? I think so. Okay. I think so. Um, I, there's actually quite a bit of information here regarding that, so I'm at the point that you want to talk, want me to talk about that, I will. Uh, I think, so I, I actually disagree with you there. Okay, that's fine. I, I think if it's infant baptism, like you're a small child, like mm-hmm. you're a baby, that's you literally have no consent. I'm talking about like you're like a 10-year-old. No, and your no, kid's no that's pastor. not what I understood. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about Catholic infant baptism. Okay. I'm talking about you were baptized as a kid. Got it. Okay. As yeah. an 8-year-old, 9, 10-year-old, right. you don't understand what salvation is. Right. You don't realize that until much later. Mm-hmm. You've gone through all the seasons of life. You mm-hmm. fell away from the church, say, mm-hmm. uh, when you were a young adult and you were in college. And then mm-hmm. you're now in your 30s. You've gotten mm-hmm. married. You've had a kid. And you're really starting to come back to your faith. Mm-hmm. And you really have this awesome encounter with God. You want it, You give your life to Christ. You realize, you realize this is the first time you've really believed. But I think then there's nothing wrong with that. that. Like, Do you like getting re-baptized? I did that. Like, I did that. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I wanted, like, so when I got baptized in the Catholic Church, I was 18 and he sprinkled water on me, and I felt like I really wanted to do the full immersion. So I I did yeah. that. And and so, and it was like one of those things that was kind of a very last minute. I talked to Pastor Paul about it. He said, no, you don't need to do that again. But I really wanted to. Yeah. Like, I felt like I needed to do that before my family. And um, I don't know. I just felt it was important to me. So, like... I wouldn't discourage someone from wanting to do that. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's necessary. I think when it comes to me is I would discourage someone from like jumping into doing that if that's their story. Because I don't think we should we should be thinking of it as you were never saved. What if this is just another part of God's plan? And you were baptized and you were saved as a kid. Mm-hmm. And God forbid if something had been different and you died, you would still have gone to heaven. But mm-hmm. this is part of your story. This is how God loved you and grown you. Like, we don't we don't know fully. Right. All I'm saying is, but I wouldn't discourage someone. I, I think that needs mm. to be a personal decision because you can't get into their heart and mind to know where they're coming from. Yeah. But again, we've got to make sure that their motives aren't 
because they're trying to please others. Yeah, it's got to be between them and the Lord. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, and, that, and that's not what I'm saying. But I'm what I'm thinking is, I don't want them to to unvalidate what their previous baptism was. Invalidate. Invalidate. Yeah, okay. not. Yeah, you know what I meant. Yeah, but I don't think that invalidates it. I think that in their heart and mind, because they had fallen away from the Lord, like they wanted like a fresh start, mm-hmm. and and I I think that yeah, and I, so I think that's fine. Yeah, and I again I I think to some extent it can be more so when I say discourage. I'm not saying like tell them no. It's more of do this con- prayerfully, do this considerably, because what happens if you fall away again? Well, you get baptized a third time. Mm-hmm. Well, and, 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 you know, again, when I talk to Pastor Paul, some people do that. Yeah. But I'm not going to point my finger at them and say that's wrong. I'm just saying because it's between them and the Lord. So, I mean, that's I think fair. the key is, you know, it's I, between you and the Lord. And as long as you're doing it for the right reasons, and you should know if you have a relationship with the Lord, whether you're doing it for the right reasons or not, um, then go with it. I, I think for me, and at least in my heart, what it kind of boils down to is holding on to what the image means not the actual moment of baptism it's holding on to the metaphor and knowing that i was baptized and if i were to fall away or not fall away and then come back or whatever it's holding on to that first time because of what it means but you not, haven't fallen away ever so therefore you don't really know how do you know that well i'm i'm presuming that you haven't fallen away. Certainly, if you have, there's definitely been times where I've been filled with doubts. Well, sure, but times where but I you haven't like seminary. fallen away. Whereas, like you talked about, this person kind of going off and for many years and years and just stop going were, to church and yeah, yeah. And so I'm I'm just saying that everybody's experiences are different, and we just have to respect their right yeah. as long as they have a relationship with the Lord and that's their primary focus. It's not for men, but for Him. For the Lord, then I think that's fine. Okay. Yeah. And as I was saying, I think what it mainly is for me is, I'm trying to think of how to articulate this. Holding true to God never let go of you in the first place. In my head, when you get baptized a second time, and again, I would qualify what's a true baptism and stuff like that. I don't consider being sprinkled on a true baptism. Like, that's my personal belief. Mm-hmm. I would not consider any people who've had an infant baptism or been baptized in that capacity or even mm-hmm. a sprinkled baptism and a real baptism. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I know it's a metaphor. It and is, so that's difficult to really dive into. But I would also view it as the, the big point of the metaphor is what we quoted Scripture earlier, being buried in the likeness of his death and raised in the mm-hmm. likeness of his life. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not submerged by water and then raised above water if you're just sprinkled on water that's like you get sprinkles of life (laughs) uh i know it's sort of semantics to some degree and i'm not i would never disqualify any again this Mm -hmm. doesn't disqualify any from salvation sure and i would never get in such a hissy fit about it over someone else because if that's all you could do to be baptized like say you were in the dying in the desert and all you had was a tiny bit of water and someone asked to be baptized like sure if that's all we got Right. Work with what we got. Right. Right. Uh, but again, as I, that's why I, I really wanted to be immersed because I wanted, I wanted that full experience. It's like, 
you know, as being immersed, going down, dying with Christ, and then raising up, living with him. And I I felt like that was missing when I was baptized in the Catholic Church. And so for me, I wanted to have that experience. But again, this should not divide us Christians. Like, it's okay for you to think your way, and I think my way. So we don't want something like this to divide us, because it's all about believing in Christ relying on Christ, being obedient to Christ, and that may look different for you yeah. than it does for me. And I'm trying to remember if it's 1 Corinthians, I think it also happens in Romans, when Paul speaks about God can convict people of two different things. Not necessarily like there are certain things he has set in stone, like murder. Mm-hmm. But for some, he convicts to not eat meat. And, and the example in the passage is meat uh, sacrificed to idols, and some he doesn't. Some he does, and some he doesn't. For us, the modern day, the, some he convicts to be vegetarians mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of how animals are treated at farms mm-hmm. or so on. Mm-hmm. Some he doesn't mm-hmm. convict. Right. To each person he convicts, he holds them to the standard of what he convicts them with. Right. He also holds them to his general standard, but also especially to the standard he convicts with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I'm trying to remember, there was one time I was on Reddit. I, I, I'm on a lot of Christian subreddits. And one of the most interesting conversations was a man trying to figure out how to deal with this specific issue about infant baptism with his wife. Mm. Because his wife grew up Catholic, and she wasn't Catholic anymore. Mm-hmm. But her and her family wanted to do an infant baptism, and he yeah. wanted to do a baby dedication. Right. And they're arguing about who was right, who was wrong. And then everyone in the comments was arguing about it too. And I was just like... This is a situation where there are two people disagreeing. God's going to convict them of different things. And there's not going to be a single right answer necessarily if God's convicting two different people of two different things. And you have to figure out, though, because this is a united household, mm-hmm. that ultimately does then well, the wife... Well, is it, though? Like, I yeah. would ask that question. I mean, one of the things that the Lord tells us is to be equally yoked. Right. And we know that there are many families that that isn't the case. Some people um, come to Christ afterwards, and only maybe one of them do, and or there were different well, know, I, religions I mean, to start with. One is Protestant, one is Catholic. And that can present all kinds of challenges. Yeah. And so, But those are things that you should be discussing before you get married. I, I mean, again, what they were talking about is they're both reformed. They're both reformed. Uh, so mm. they're... Okay. And she came from a Catholic background. He came from a Baptist background. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do uh, one thing. She wanted to do infant baptism. He wanted to do baby dedication. And they were arguing about what to do. She wanted to do it to just please her family. Right. And he wanted to do it for... He thought it was the right thing to do. That's what happened to him. And in my head, it's, they're no different. Because they're both essentially just baby dedications in different ways. Because ultimately, it's both... like. The baby's not making any choice. I think you do it to please your family. I think you do it when you you know what's the right thing to do for you. I, I'm just oh. saying you don't want to do it to please others I in mean, any situation. Okay, so this is I mean this is just a, a stupid Reddit comment, but essentially what he was saying, her stance was that she viewed it as no different as I view it as no different. So why is it any different to do it as an infant baptism to help please her family, as well as do the baby dedication as they would have wanted anyways? When then her family can be embraced into the spiritual life of the baby. But is she Catholic or not? So to me, it's like, I don't understand why you would do that is all I'm saying. It's like, I just don't, I, I mean, 
it's not really worth arguing about. I mean, she it's up to an individual. It just gets back to the whole thing of of um, where I'm saying it's between the individual the and yeah. the Lord. And so maybe that is a good segue for me to talk about, you know, what about infant baptism? Because uh, I think that's a big question in my mind. That's always been a big question for me. Okay. So real quick, okay. I, I had one more okay. before we go, go more ahead. into that. Go ahead. What if I was baptized by a spiritual leader who's fallen away or I have problems like relational problems with or was wounded by? Does it matter who, does it matter who I get baptized by? Does it matter who the baptizer is? I don't I think it's between you and the Lord. So as long as they're doing it appropriately, you know. Yeah, I they're mean, not doing anything weird. Right. I mean that they're doing it They're not like saying, "Oh no, we got all baptized naked." I mean, that they're baptizing in the name of the Father, the, the Son, Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. I think as long as they're doing that, and at the time they were um, a credible person, I don't I don't think that needs to be undone. I mean, who even knows, probably, yeah. like, for the people that have baptized us over the years, whether or not they're still in good standing or whatever. Yeah, I mean, because that's, I mean, that's my story. Yeah. I was baptized by someone who wounded me. Mm-hmm. Someone who was eventually let go of the church, and whenever they did, they were the youth pastor, and they unfollowed everyone. They cut off all communication with all their students, mm. and that hurt me because it was like, mm. and so it was, okay, this is someone I don't spiritually look up to. This isn't someone mm-hmm. I view as a spiritual older brother or father mm-hmm. or any capacity. That's unfortunate. but it, And it at the same time, I hold true to, well, I still still baptized. Mm-hmm. I still baptized to the same God. And I remember, and I have pictures. And so mm-hmm. that's ultimately all that matters to me. It does. Absolutely. I agree with you. I mean, that's yeah. unfortunate that that happened to you, but you know, the church is a business and sometimes in the course of the church and you know because you work for a church now. Yeah. And um you you see how that works. It it has to operate like a business. I mean, it does operate somewhat differently, but it's still a business and it still has to Conduct itself. It still needs to make organizational decisions. Absolutely. And and in doing that, we're all human. We're all sinners. And we're going to make mistakes. We're going to hurt people. Um, We're going to offend people. One of the things that, uh, (laughs) as you say, that that I really loved, uh, Tim Hawley said, he's the head of the people team or HR for Sandals. When he was talking with me about Sandals expectations, stuff like that, He's, one of the things he said was there's many a times where people who are part of our church family come on to staff, and then when they leave, we still expect them to be a part of our church family. Mm. That whether or not you're being paid by the church to do vocational ministry, whatever capacity mm-hmm. that looks like, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're leaving your church family or not. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think more often than not, that's not the case. Yeah. Most of the time, it's more ugly, and mm-hmm. there's some woundedness like yeah. in part of my story. Yeah. And it's not super bad or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, I do think this is a good time to then transition back to talking about infant okay. baptism. Well, I just, you know, it's just always um, been a question for me. It's like, uh, you know, I will say this, and, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but there are some people out there that don't think Catholics are Christians. Like, they only uh, identify yeah, Christians. What, if you go to an evangelical church or something like that, that you're That's ridiculous. Um, you know, yeah, if someone were to, uh, every time someone says that Catholics aren't Christians, my, my internal response or verbal response, depending is I'm pretty sure my grandma was a better Uh, Christian than you. Right. Exactly. (laughs) She was the godliest woman I've ever met. Right. Exactly. So it's like, I, you know, I, that, that's just so 
solely needs to be debunked. But that's with anybody. There's people that sit oh, yeah. in in the church on Sunday that you're presuming is a Christian, Christian. Yeah. that may not be a Christian. So it's always between you and the Lord. Okay. Yeah. That being said, I always wonder, and this was kind of like we did go to the Catholic Church for a while, but frankly, I wasn't being fed by the Catholic Church, and that's why we left. We, we just felt like we needed more. We were seeking more, and um, that's why we left. But I'm not saying it's a bad place to be. If that's where your heart is and that's where you feel led to be, then go for it. But I always wonder about, like, the different practices. Like, within any of, you know, within the church, there's so many different, you know, um, yeah. denominations. How do, how do we baptize? And, what do you say when you baptize? But I mean, just even denominations. It's like there's so many different ones, and it's like... Oh, I was going with just within the concept of baptism. Oh, like, how well, many differences well, But my have. point is, you know me, I start with the big big picture first it's like you know there's so many differences in day-to-day things about what we believe and so with respect to baptism i wondered why why does the catholic church baptize uh, the way they do and why do they baptize as infants and so i was doing some uh, research and um, i thought i thought it was a pretty interesting information and this is information that I got from um, a site called simplycatholic.com. And so there's a number of things. So one of the things um, that the Bible says, now this is not from Catholic, simplycatholic.com, but <laughs> basically what, you know, when we were talking before about like we we believe in the immersion like yeah. our church. Um, when you look in the Bible and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but there isn't any place in the Bible where babies are being baptized. No. Okay. And he, there's no place in the Bible where he's telling anyone to baptize their babies. The only time that I can think of is that it's ever implied is whenever someone's preaching the gospel, like uh, Peter to Cornelius in Acts 10, and then it says, and then he, Cornelius is baptized in his whole household. Does mm-hmm. that include children, servants? Probably. Like, yeah. very possibly. Mm-hmm. Does that mean they went and dunked a baby? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, probably not dunked a baby. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> dunked at a basketball hoop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, again, I go back to the question of why do Catholics baptize babies? And, and this is per the simplycatholic.com. There's a number of different things that they reflected here. So the first thing they talked about was because babies are born with original sin, they need baptism to cleanse them so that they may become adopted sons and daughters of God and receive the grace of the Holy Spirit. What say you to that? Uh, that is a lot worse than I thought. So the concept of original sin, we could have a whole episode about original sin. Oh, I'm sin. sure, but try to try to keep it, yeah. Adam and Eve timed. done goofed. When they done goofed, that mm-hmm. changed human nature. Mm-hmm. So I guess one, I, this really brilliant guy, his name, uh, his name's blanking on me out right now. But one of the things he talked about uh, was when you think about humans, there's a human nature, right? Mm-hmm. We have the same human nature, right? Because we both have this, we both have human nature. Okay. So that means we have a shared human nature. Okay. So that means if my human nature were to suddenly change, mm-hmm. the the details of what human nature then thereby is, that is 
exchanged between mm-hmm. everyone Would changes. Change. Mm-hmm. So when Adam and Eve sinned, that changed human nature forever. Okay. So every child that they then had was born in sin before they even sinned because they had they had inherited sin. Mm-hmm. Or in this case, what they say it was original sin, I think was the word they used for that. Uh, and so the idea that baptism can in any way capacity whatsoever ever save us from sin is just wrong because it can't. There is, no, there is no baptism that can save from sin. It is only God. It is only God and his grace. And we can't, and that is accomplished through faith, as scripture declares. And one of the ways we can express that is in baptism. We can express that's how we express that faith. But a baby has no ability to concept to one, understand his original sin, as well as then profess profess faith in God. Well, they cite Matthew 18, 4, which says, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I'm not sure how a baby humbles themselves. Like, I I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right to me because I, I think they're talking about somebody who's of the age that is capable of humbling themselves. I actually, I do think in this specific context, they aren't talking about that. But because in in that passage, the whole point of it is total reliance. Those children come to God with total reliance, total trust. Okay. And so in that sense, they're come to it as if you didn't understand anything. Okay. Well, then that would support and that support it. But position. But again, what is, who is Jesus talking to? He's saying, come to me with this ability. Mm hmm. Babies have no ability to come to Jesus. Well, but that was kind of my point. Uh, maybe I said it wrong, but that was oh, you, like... Okay, I, I was taking it as you were saying, like, they have begun to understand. I meant more of, like, the baby has the capacity to look at Jesus go, oh, funny old guy, and then run to him, hang out with him, spend time with him. The ability to engage in relationship, mm-hmm. whereas a brand new baby... Can't. Can't. Exactly. Well, that's really kind of what I was saying. Um, another... Um, verse that they cited was um, Mark ten fourteen. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Okay, that's fine, but I still don't. It's again, the children are coming to Jesus. Right. Babies can't come to Jesus. Babies can't come to, to Jesus. It, there's, there's a choice being made there. Right. The ch- essentially what Jesus is saying is the children don't have to be aware of the choice they're making, but there's still the choice. Mm-hmm. And he's telling, the, the whole point of what he's saying is adults, you people who think you are too good for this, mm-hmm. humble yourself, stop thinking you're all that, and come to me like they do. Right. He's not saying, like, because if you want to take that super literal like that to the point you would apply that to baptism, well, then I guess all adults are, <laughs> like, doomed. So the, next, the, the final one I thought, thought was really, really interesting. So there's a, um, we are to remember the correlation between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. So under the Old Covenant, babies were circumcised when they were eight days old, and this was the sign for which they entered into the covenant. So St. Paul actually calls baptism the new circumcision when he writes, in him you were also 
circumcised with a circumcision not administered by hand by stripping off the carnal body with a circumcision of Christ. You were buried with him in baptism in which you were raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. This is in Colossians 2, 11 and 12. So since baptism is the new circumcision of the new covenant, baptism is for babies as well as adults, just as circumcision in the old covenant was for babies as well as adults. I think that's actually a decent argument. Really? I think that's actually really compelling. Mm. Uh, I would still disagree with it because, one, I wasn't going to be circumcised either because I'm not a Jew to begin with. So if if I can disregard the old covenant because it doesn't apply to me. Here's the thing, though. Paul was talking to – I mean, I know they refer to St. Paul, but I'm sorry. I'm just going to call him Paul. Paul was talking – this was the letter to Coloss. Colossi. 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 And so was he really writing a letter to babies? I'm pretty sure he wasn't. So I'm saying who's the audience here? Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, are they talking about a child or are they talking to adults? They're talking to adults. Yeah. And again, yeah, then that's the whole thing is like I was saying with the whole Jesus stories. Jesus was addressing adults. Jesus was, they're they're addressing the religious people who feel like they're already good enough, Mm -hmm. that they don't need to humble themselves. They don't need to be baptized because they've been circumcised. Right. Right. And Paul and Jesus, they're just saying like, hey, stop being so full of yourself. Like, you need to be baptized too. Why? Is Because I, I want you to show that you love me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not something big and extravagant, but then you also don't get to say, no, I'm, I'm, I, I don't need to be baptized. I'm, I'm good enough. Like, we don't get to say that. God decides. And as you were saying earlier, people should individually, if they were baptized as a kid, our baby, it's up to them to pray about and figure out and work with God on should they be rebaptized when they encounter him later in life. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, I mean, I guess, you know, to me, and I know not, not everything is explicitly stated in the Bible, but I, I think it's interesting that there is no mention of babies being baptized in the Bible. So, I... And, and, and as the Catholic, the thing that you just referenced is about circumcision, but there is, is a lot of references to circumcision. To, uh, there's a lot of references to circumcision. And so, so the bottom line is, is that I can understand, like, what we follow in our perspective with the water immersion and doing it as an adult. Yeah. Uh, or not necessarily an adult, but at least of the age where you know right from wrong and know what you're doing. Um, but you know what? I would encourage you if you still support, um, infant baptism, then, you know, that's between you and the Lord. I mean, you know, read the Bible and come to your own conclusions. Maybe that did it. What I was talking about in Colossians 2, 11 to 12. Um, but for me, I was just, as I've read through it, I don't know it. I I'm, I'm still of the camp that, uh, like a, like I said, that I think it needs to, you need to be at least of the age to be able to decide that you want to be in obedience with Christ. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I fully agree. And, and to some extent though, because again, I view, like I, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't have any problem with infant baptism in the sense where I view it no different than a baby dedication. And I agree with that. I mean, but at I, the same I do time, I also, this would anger a lot of people, but I don't care about baby dedications. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I do agree with the idea of gathering a baby and gathering the church community and agreeing to make sure that baby is raised. Right, right. But that's, that's the whole purpose of the, the baby dedication. And, but yeah. I want to say anyone who sort of was like, why would you think that, Brian? 
How many of you know that you've seen a baby that's been dedicated that by the time they were 10 or 11 or 12, middle schoolish age, that they are still in your church community? Yeah, it, it's not that common. It's not. No. It's super uncommon. It's true. And maybe I, like again here in California, because people move around so much, but yeah. you know, maybe in smaller communities that is. Yeah, common. and if that's true, that's yeah. totally cool with me. It I, is. It is cool. And my, I guess the whole thing about it behind me is make sure what you're doing matters to you. Make sure mm-hmm. what you're doing has impact. Make sure what you're doing. It has meaning. Well, again, pray, pray, yeah, pray about it. Talk to the Lord about it to see, to get that validation, that confirmation that what you're doing is what He would have you do. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's vitally important. Also, I just had another quick thought about the circumcision slash baptism comparison that the Catholic Church argued. Mm-hmm. If you want, you want to go on that comparison, saying, "Oh, well, babies were baptized, were circumcised, so babies should be baptized because baptism and circumcision are similar." But I think that even actually that difference actually emphasizes on why you shouldn't be baptized as a baby because you are born into Judaistic faith because it's ethnic, very ethnically born. Christianity is a spiritually engrafting of the choice of ours mm-hmm. into the family of God. Good point, Brian. God is saying, you are choosing to do this. You are choosing to be part of the family. You're not born into it. You're adopted. Mm-hmm. You're an heir of Christ because I've chosen you and adopted you as an heir in Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's like literally almost <laughs> circumcision of babies proves that you shouldn't be baptizing babies. Well, and I think with that, I mean, it's like, but if you had baptized, like Jake and Scott were yeah. baptized as babies because we were following the rituals of the Catholic Church at the time, Um that's that's not to say like uh, that i mean i hope that's not like a false hope that somebody has that you know that they're relying on this baby baptism it's like because we have to all come to that decision on our own yeah if if you doing a baby dedication or doing an infant baptism or whatever right and i do see them equivalently as well yeah if if whatever you're doing at that age in your mind helps, excuse me, helps yourself continue to further their relationship in Christ as you raise them, Mm -hmm. as well as engage them with church community, as well as invite other church community to help raise your children together, and just invite faith into the child's life, then do it. Yeah. Because what matters most is your choice with Christ and your family's choice. As long as that's what you're doing. But when we get back to that example, your Reddit example, where the person was going to do it for their family. But when you baptize your your child in the Catholic Church, you're basically professing to follow that. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I think that's false when you knowingly are only doing it for somebody else. It's like, it's different if you are Catholic and you're doing it versus doing it just for somebody else. I'm not sure that that is, is um, a good witness. Oh, yeah. And and honestly, what as far as I was concerned, because the husband was the one who wanted to do the baby dedication the wife wanted to do, mm-hmm. I still think, as sexist as it is, I still think husbands are being held accountable to by God to be the spiritual leaders of families. That's true. And I say to be sexist as it is, uh, no, sarcastically. you can say it whatever you want, but that's what uh, the Bible says, so. Uh, I mean, I, no, I'm, I'm saying, yeah. I, I said that jokingly, because in society, that's mm-hmm. what we say, but whether it's sexist or not, God does say he's going to hold men more right. accountable for these kinds of things than women. Right, right. <laughs> me and CJ, uh, me and my best friend were just talking about this earlier today. Is and talking, CJ's married. CJ's married talking about 
the biggest thing as we've continued to grow as adults and live as adults and grow as men and grow in a faith, that the biggest difference between men and women or learning what it means to identify as a man is that when everything else falls away, you are being held to a higher accountability to some extent because it's like, okay, everyone else kind of scattered. There's just you left. I'm holding you accountable. And it's Are essentially... Are talking about in reference to your family? or talk, I, I'm It can be family. Understand. It can be work. It can be in a general sense. Not to say like society doesn't hold women accountable or anything like that. It's just like there's a, there's a subtle difference that you begin to see more and more and that you can see comparison like dad with the family. God will hold dad more accountable. Right. But that's and what my question society, was with respect to the and, family. And so society will hold dad more accountable for the family. Uh, if you guys, I'm not sure about that anymore. But if you guys watched uh, Moon Knight, this won't be spoilers for the show. Uh, there's the, a new Marvel it? show called oh, Moon Knight. So be I spoilers. You I haven't seen for, it. I know you you haven't. Uh, <laughs> for episode five, they just did this whole flashback episode to the superhero's background. He's this character with dissociative identity disorder, so he has multiple personalities within his consciousness, and they're showing each other different parts of their past. And one of them was a personality was created as a shield to shield himself from the abuse that his mother gave him. Mm. So he could not have to live through and remember mm-hmm. the pain. Mm-hmm. And in that episode, he doesn't blame his mom when his, he's walking away and leaving his family as an adult. His dad tries to say, I can't son, stop. He's like, no, dad, you should have stopped this. Wow. And I think in a very way, it's a reasonable reaction but at the same time, that's also, I think, the general reaction family, society, and everyone holds mm. towards fathers. I'm just not convinced of that personally. Uh, honestly, in my life, I, I, don't, I don't see that. Not today. Maybe 30, 40 years ago, but not today. I think, and just as if we were to say a broken home, who's missing? The dad. But that doesn't mean dad was the one that caused it to happen. Not necessarily, but when we think of the consequences of broken homes, who's the person held accountable for that? It's the dad. Oh, yeah, for sure. And but, that, but again, on behalf of the church, I'm not saying, I, I'm just saying that I don't know that society thinks that. Maybe they do, but maybe, I, I, think I guess, so. okay, that's fine. Well, we don't need to argue that because we're, we're getting kind of late here. Sorry, that was my phone alarm. So what do we got left? That was it for me. I talked about uh, pretty much everything I want to talk about baptism, and then I got to yell at you a little bit. So that was <laughs> no, we didn't. Yell Did you have any other, other questions for me? No, okay. no I think I'm good. I, I, I really, I, I'm really. Um Pleased that we did this episode because I really didn't understand the whole basis for. Uh, infant baptism and so now yeah. i have a better understanding of that so. and there's so many other ways people get baptized if you look at orthodoxy Lutherans, oh sure and we've we've not and really we, we barely always, covered a yeah, tip of the iceberg for sure for sure uh honestly i think before i go into my verses i actually liked us that we disagreed a little bit because we normally don't get to disagree i know we've heard know. one or, ter- one or two more. people who say like i don't like it when you guys argue <laughs> but i i kind of like it because it allows multiple pers- perspectives respectful yeah it's because fine. i don't think we were being disrespectful no and even then so. before like one of us normally starts getting too heated the other one says let's not what argue are you trying about. to say <laughs> well i mean you're actually the one who cut mm-hmm. us off there mm-hmm. who said like well i don't want to argue about this because mm-hmm. i when it comes to theology you know me that's yeah. that brings out my aid of like no you're yeah. wrong yeah. This is what the Bible says. <laughs> uh, okay, Pharisee. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's because I have a desire to do that. Yeah, I understand. It's not necessarily a good desire. I have a desire to bring awareness. That's like my number yeah. one desire is to bring awareness to things, and people can make their own decisions. Honestly, I think us talking about this, uh, for anyone who hasn't listened to it, listen to the May 1st message by Alfredo Ramos, if you're listening to this in the future. He talks about his own struggles. Sandals Church. Sandals Church. You can look up on YouTube. Uh, the Power of Us. It's our second sermon for the Power of Us series. And he speaks a lot about his own struggle with arrogance and how we're taught Christian instruction like this. But then that often relates to us wanting to be right more than using that instruction to grow in loving, kinder people and with God and each other. And it was just, it was, it was fantastic. It was an awesome message that I really relate to. And if any of you people who love topics like this and you can get heated and passionate, this is the sermon for you. Thank you for that, Brian. Uh, so, uh, before we end, like always, verses, Acts 2, 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Well, that was powerful. And you will receive the Holy Spirit. Hmm. I also really loved the connection. Whenever you guys, whenever you see people receive the Holy Spirit, it's always when someone is laid on hands or when they're baptized. And I love that connection of people mm. receive the Holy Spirit at these moments when they accept salvation. Because mm-hmm. you can visually see it. You can visually see it. And it also just also reminds us that a lot of people, it feels like they teach, we can have a whole episode on the Holy Spirit, but we have to invite the Holy Spirit in. Mm-hmm. We did do that the first season with Scott. Yeah, we did talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and then Galatians 3.27, for you are all, for all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. I have on a big, long purple robe right now. <laughs> so, yeah, I really. It's just I, an I awesome really, visual. Yeah, I yeah. really, really want to make sure I'm wearing a snuggie, just really wrapped in that close. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. That's awesome. Uh, like always, if you guys have any feedback for us or any topics, you can reach us at realworldpod at gmail dot com. Hope you guys have a great week. It's always having an awesome time listening to you guys, and as well as any shout outs. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Take care.